spiritual fruit uh, the next few weeks and um, yeah I was just thinking uh, this morning when I was enjoying time with God uh, I thought about this and I this just came to my mind but um, I was reading the story where Jesus had just uh, got into the boat and he had went to the other side of the shore and it says these two demon possessed men who were fierce no one could even contain them as soon as jesus got out of the boat it says these men fell on their knees what do you have to do with us O son of god i shared earlier this uh in the first service zach shared something last week that really struck with uh stuck with me and it was acts 1 8 or excuse me i'm i'm getting ahead of myself uh, excited to be up here and excited to get to share the word. Uh, Zach shared this. He said, if we're the body of Christ, if we're the body of Christ, then the tattoo ought to be Acts 1-8. Our tattoo ought to be Acts 1-8. And we know that verse very well. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And again, I just thought about that story I was reading this morning. We serve a God who has power. And we're going to be talking this morning about the fruit of the Spirit. And the title of the message this morning uh, is, The Fruit of the Spirit is... dot, dot, dot. And I wanted to make sure before we got into all of the fruits that we'll be doing the next few weeks, that you understood the context before we could even get to uh, uh, Galatians chapter 5 and get to the actual fruit. We want to define what the fruit of the Spirit is. And so if you got a Bible this morning, you can turn to Galatians chapter 5. Uh, we're going to be looking at that. But I'm going to give you a lot of scripture this morning. Um, and hopefully in a, a quick amount of time. And hopefully you'll be encouraged and hopefully you'll be equipped. Um, one thing that I know as we finished up the book of Acts uh, last week, the early church was known to be a church that was led by the Spirit of God. They were known to be a church that was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And because they had that power, they impacted the whole world for the kingdom. And so this morning, I want you to look at, uh, to begin with, we're going to look at John chapter 3 and uh, verse 6. John chapter 3 and verse 6. Now this story in John chapter 3, Jesus is talking to one of the religious leaders named Nicodemus. And you, you know the story well. But this is what he says in verse 6 to Nicodemus, this guy that supposedly knew the Bible and knew the scripture. He says, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. And he goes on in the, the chapter and he says, are you a leader and you don't understand the difference between flesh 
and spirit. And, and guys, I want to tell you something. What uh, is encouraging to me, you can see all through the Bible, not just the New Testament, you can see in the Old Testament where Jesus manifested himself in the, the Holy Spirit. And uh, in Numbers chapter 27, it talks about Joshua. And it says, Joshua was a man who had the Spirit of God on him. Uh, also, it says in Exodus, Moses was a man who had the Spirit of God on him. Uh, many times you get references. When you look at King David, several times in the Psalms, it references David going, I don't want to be without your Spirit, O God. And so this, this concept we're going to be talking about the fruit of the Spirit, we have to understand what that, that is. And so I'm going to keep reading some scripture. In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 8, Jesus is talking to religious leaders again, talking to people that did a lot of good works. And he says this, he says, Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And we learned a few weeks ago that repentance is when your heart has been changed. So Jesus was helping them understand that if you truly have spiritual fruit, it's going to be because your heart's been transformed, your heart's been changed. And so uh, he bears that in mind. And then he, uh, in Matthew chapter 7, a very intense chapter, a, a chapter that talks about conduct, internal, external, heart versus action, in Matthew 7, uh, verse 15, it says this, and it's talking about people that were doing good works. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Again, God knows their heart. And then verse 16, it says in Matthew 7, you will recognize them by their fruits. And then the next few verses, it talks about you've got healthy tree, you got a bad tree, but eventually you're going to see what kind of tree it is because it will show itself in what it is. And then in verse 20 of Matthew 7, it says, Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. So again, we're, we're starting a series called The Fruit of the Spirit. And I'm, I'm today talking about the fruit of the Spirit is... We have to understand it's a spiritual fruit. It has nothing to do with the flesh. In Romans 8, 14, it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And I wrote this uh, quote down. The action without the attitude or your heart is legalism. We're talking today about heart change. You know, I've been in churches, and I've been around people. Boy, man, they, they do the right actions, but you don't see any kind of heart for God. And man, they've turned the world totally against Christ because they don't understand what we're talking about today. Heart change, spiritual fruit, all they understand is legalism. And guys, let me tell you something. Legalism never saved anybody. And, and what we're talking about today 
Legalism ain't going to change nobody. Following rules ain't going to change you. Unless your heart's been changed, doesn't matter. You have to have a heart change. So we're going to look at Galatians chapter 5. It, it reminds me of a story I read if, as you're uh, getting that passage there, Galatians chapter 5. It reminds me of a story about this little boy that I was reading about. This little boy, he loved fruits and vegetables. And, and I don't know about you guys, but uh, working out in the garden, that's hard work. I used to do that when I was younger, and my grandfather had a huge garden. And I, I really didn't like it. It was a lot of work. I liked the, the produce, but it was a lot of work. And, and this little boy, he wanted uh, to experience uh, doing uh, the garden on his own. So he, he asked his mom, and so his mom went through all the steps, and, and she let him alone. She let him go outside, and he took care of uh, what he needed to do. And So for the next few weeks, he went out there, man, he was meticulous, made sure the weeds were pulled away from the, the ground and, and made sure the water the ground, fertilized the ground, do all the things you need to do. Several weeks passed. I mean, nothing. And his mom was like, I, I just don't understand this. I, you've done all the hard work. And she said, son, let's go back over the steps of how to do this. She said, you know, first you throw the seeds in the ground, then you cover the ground. And she started going through the steps and he, he started, you know, looking like, well, Mom, I forgot to throw the seeds in, but I, I thought it wouldn't matter because I was doing all the hard work. And, I, you know, and, and guys, it doesn't work that way. What the seed is, is going to grow, okay? That's why when the Bible says you reap what you sow, the seed's going to come out. And so... Let's look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. It says this. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do, do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. All right, let me stop there. It says, for freedom, Christ has set you free. Don't, don't go and submit yourself to a yoke of slavery. We'll call this my sin chair and we're going to be looking at this some more but this is what a lot of times we'll do we, we're, we're free in christ but we start going man my flesh i want to do this and you know what's wrong but you, you just sort of you get comfortable all saying guys you're free men and women don't go back to a yoke of slavery don't do it and this is what he says. I mean, it's, it's powerful language. He says, stand firm, therefore. So you can see the battle. And, and I didn't even bring this out last service, but in Ephesians chapter 6, what is Paul telling the church to do? Hey, you better put your armor on. You better be ready for the spiritual fight because it's a battle. And your flesh is going to try to pull you down every single moment. So, I mean, it's this battle and you're struggling. And Paul said, the beginning of the chapter, Stand firm. Don't, hey, don't, don't give in. But it's a battle. And so, I want to share this. I, I love this uh, quote by John MacArthur. John Mac MacArthur says, You can't fight God's battle using the devil's weapons. You can't 
fight God's battle using the devil's weapons. Isn't that what we do a lot of times? We, we know it's a spiritual battle. We know that we need to be submitting to God and following God and, and seeking His help and, and being obedient to Him. And we go, oh, I can do this. I can do this. And, and we get prideful and we get stubborn and we, we wait till we're, we're in a situation where we have to ask God then. And God said, I, I, don't want, I don't want you to wait till then. I want you to do it now. Don't go back to that bondage. Don't go back to that slavery. How foolish is that? But I do it. It's a battle. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 17 says, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So let's just say this is where the Lord is. This is where you are, the flesh, where I am a lot of days, a lot of moments. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Why in the world do I want to go and be in bondage? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. God, I want that. But it's this battle. It's this struggle. Look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13. We're going to read several verses here. For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another for the whole law is is fulfilled in one word or phrase you shall love your neighbor as yourself i'm gonna stop for a minute you've been set free i've been set free not for my own selfish desires i've been set free so that i can love and serve the body I've been set free so I can love and serve the community. Now, how different will the community be if we, moment by moment, say, Hey, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to submit to you. I'm going to use my freedom, not for my selfish desires, not for me. No, I'm not doing that. I'm going over here, God. Hey, you want me to give money, God? You want me to go serve, God? You want me to do this, God? Hey, I'm just a servant. I want to follow you. I was telling earlier this morning, this week, you know, you read the Bible and God just continues to show you new truth. I thought I had never really understood this. and I, I, Even some stories that didn't make sense to me when Jesus walked the earth, God was bringing me new truth and new clarity about this, what I'm going to share with you. Jesus, not one time, not one time, did he ever use his God power unless the Father says, okay, Jesus, now use it. He was demonstrating perfect obedience, perfect, hey, I want to show you how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, how to follow God and be submissive to God no matter what. He did that his entire life. He never abused his power. He goes, okay, God, whatever you want me to do. Okay, God, I'm going to pray up. I'm going to be in communication with you because whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. And when I was thinking about that truth, this came to my mind. I thought, I remember this crazy story when Jesus was healing this guy of his blindness. And Jesus 
touched the man's eyes. And, you know, Jesus, when God allowed him to have full power, could do whatever he wanted to. But in this story, it was crazy. He looked at the man and he says, can you see? And I thought, that's so strange. Why would he say that? I believe God the Father says, hey, Jesus, I want to show you humility and staying completely obedient to me. I'm not going to heal this guy like I did the last guy. You're going to be obedient to me. I'm not going to heal him on the first time. He touched his eyes and the guy says, well, I see what looks like trees walking around, but I can't see good. And then the Holy Spirit of God says, okay, Jesus, now do this. He was walking in obedience completely. So anytime you see Jesus, it was always, hey, guys, I'm going to show you the model. I'm going to show you how to live. I'm going to show you how to walk to this chair. I'm going to show you what it looks like. So when we keep reading, verse 15, because we live in an imperfect world. We live in an imperfect church. I know that because I'm in it. Verse 15, it says, But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Now, does that sound like it's a perfect church? Paul says, hey, if you start biting and, and, and being fleshy and doing all these sins, watch out. You'll get hurt by it. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been hurt in the body of Christ. I don't know anybody that hasn't. The only way we can avoid that is to be what Paul says in verse 16. Let's look what he says. He says this. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing what you must do. You feel that? <laughs> you feel that battle? Man, I, God's Spirit wants me to do this way, but boy, my flesh wants me to do this. And it's this, this battle, this struggle. And Paul says a command in Scripture. He says, but I say, walk in the Spirit of God. So he's giving us a command. Hey, you can choose not to obey it because God loves us and he gives us freedom. But if you want to walk the way God wants, walk in the Spirit. You got to go this way. And he says, if you walk in the Spirit, you won't gratify the desire of the flesh. But guys, hear me. It's a choice. You're not just saying yes to God. You're saying no to the flesh. So it's a, a yes and a no answer. Now, as you guys get to know me better, I am a guy that likes for somebody to tell me their yes is a yes, their no is a no. I've always been that way. Uh, I don't like beating around the bush, to be honest with you. Uh, I like somebody to be up front. Sometimes, um, I know this, this last few weeks we've been looking for a car, and that's, I hate looking for cars. I don't know about you guys, but boy, the, the salesman and all the things you put up with, it's like, look, man, just give me the bottom line. Don't give me this whole beat around the bush thing. What, what's the bottom line? What's the price? Can I afford it? I mean, that's what I want to know. But in, in this situation, it's this battle going on, and and 
Um, <clears throat> let me keep reading verse 18 in chapter 5. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. If you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. See, perfect love, you ain't got to worry about the law. If I love Jesus, I'm not going to break his heart and do things that I shouldn't do. I don't have to know that the law tells me not to do it. I love Jesus too much. I don't want to do it. I don't want to break his heart. And But the key phrase in verse 18 is, if you're led. See, you've you got to be willing to be submissive to the Spirit of God. Um. I'm not going to go through the flesh, uh, the fruit of the flesh. I don't need any help in falling to my flesh. It's, it's easy. If you want to know about the flesh, you can read it in verses 19 through 21, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on because we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Here's the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And then he goes on to say, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So again, we're free. We don't have to choose to sin. Now we might, but we don't have to. We're free because it's been crucified. He's paid the price if you know Christ. But verse 25, it says, if we live, now notice it says if, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. All right, go to the next slide. So if we live by the Spirit, then we keep in step with the Spirit. Now I told you in verse 16, it says walk, but Paul says, I say walk in the Spirit. Here it is. Right now, you, even in the service, maybe the devil's trying to get you distracted. Later on today, you're going to have a choice. If I live by the Spirit, step, this is the flesh, I can go this way, that's gratifying me, or I can go this way. Now the screen right here has what's listed as a carnal man. That just means flesh. This is somebody that lets his flesh rule him. As a matter of conduct, most of his life, he lets himself call the shots. We'll just say this is Chad on the, the chair. Chad's doing whatever Chad wants to do. I'm going to do anything and everything that pleases me. That's what the Bible calls a carnal person. A person in Scripture that would be a good model of carnality was one of the judges. His name was Samson. And if you recall, if you remember the story of Samson, Samson was this guy that he pleased himself most of his life. But every now and then, every now and then, the Bible says the Spirit of God would rush upon him. And you know what he'd do? He'd act under the power of the Holy Spirit. And man, when he did, the entire culture changed. That's what God wants from us. He wants the entire culture to change. But again, you have to make this, the decision. So I can turn from self, turn to the Spirit. It's a choice. Now go to the next slide. 
the spiritual person. What does that look like? This is where Jesus is predominantly on the throne. Now, we don't, we're not going to live it perfectly, but for most of your conduct, most of what your lifestyle looks like, Jesus is on the throne, and you're going, hey, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to let you lead me, I'm going to let you guide me. It's going to be a Christ-centered life. It's going to, you're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Uh, you're going to be telling people about Jesus because you can't help it. You're overflowing with Jesus. You can't help but want to be spending time with Jesus, communicating, talking to Him in prayer, studying the Word because it just excites you to be in communication and intimacy with the Father. That's what a spiritual person looks like. But it's hard. You know, I, I love James 3, 2. It says, we all stumble in many ways. I don't have to ask you, but I know you stumbled this week. I did. We struggle, we battle. And when we were reading Galatians 5 earlier in the chapter, it was saying, you've been set free so that you can serve one another. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. That's why we come together. That's why you try to meet outside of just Sundays. I want to encourage, man, that brother, that sister struggling. I want to help them get back on their feet. Because this ain't about me. It's about Christ. I love this quote also by uh, Warren Wearsby. Uh, he says this, and this is the battle that we face. All the fire that the devil could bring from hell could do us little harm were there not such combustible material and fuel in ourselves. Isn't that the struggle? But thanks be to God, we sang about it earlier. We've got a God that, man, he's going to break down every, uh, climb every mountain. He's going to light up the shadows. I love that song. I love that. I really did. It was just amazing. But again, the reality is, before we can display the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, all of those things, it starts with a seed. And so I, we couldn't, as a church, go to the fruit until we started at the root. And so... I want to encourage you this morning to think about what's been shared. Think about where you are. And again, if you don't have the seed in your heart, man, we, we, can, we can take care of that this morning. But if you do, and we want to start looking like spirit-filled Christians that absolutely transform southwest virginia that's my prayer and guys over the next few months as i get more acclimated and involved we're, we're going to be showing you all the things that god has taught me and and some of the other people in this church on how to walk with god how to uh, live a spirit-filled life and it, it's going to be an exciting time and i can tell you buckle up because when we let the power of the holy spirit come and let God control us, 
There's no telling what's going to happen in this area. This room won't hold it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I know even at the sound of my voice, there's some today really, really struggling. God, they know you. They have a relationship with you, but God, they're battling. God, I pray that they would be encouraged today. I pray that, Lord, we would love them as brothers and sisters in Christ to help them through their battles, their struggles, their addictions. I, I don't know. Lord, you know. God, I pray that this week, God, we would be so full of you that, God, it just overflows. And, God, that we impact this community, Lord, that uh, we see people's uh, lives transformed this week for your glory. God, I pray that your face would shine upon Community Heights Church, this body. God, again, not for our glory, but for your glory alone. And God, we just, we thank you, Lord, that you have been here. We thank you that um, as we submit to you, you'll uh, be there for us. We just pray it in the name above all names, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.